With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Goodbye, University. Welcome, everyone, to our July meetup for our book club, where we, also known as our LOA resource report, where we share whatever powerful, helpful, inspiring books, movies, interviews, videos, whatever we've run across that supports our manifesting success. I'm laughing because I'm, I'm, I picked up a book that wasn't very LOA-based, but did some decent filtering to pick some tips up from that that I'll be sharing about today. But boy, I know Ming's got a really great book for us, and I hope everyone else has something to share too. Um, Ming, should we get started yeah. with I Am the Word? <laughs> did you read it, or am I... Am I just the one that's? Well, I know Dana read it, but you've read more than I have. I have. I. I. I feel like you are much better prepared to lead us through a discussion of it, though. So let's start yeah. with. The, you gonna... probably know the author's <laughs> name right off the top of your bat, right? Paul or... Selig. Yes, and it is. I am the word. In fact, when I started reading it, I thought of Nancy and Robert for some reason. So maybe, uh, maybe this book will resonate with them if they haven't read it. Um, it's about Christ consciousness and. So Paul Selleck, something happened to him in 1987, and he doesn't say what happened to him, but it caused him to be clairvoyant. And then he started channeling the ascended, well, in the book, it, it is, they say it's the ascended masters, who be who they are, I don't know. But um, anyway, he channels this whole book. And what was really cool is, yes, Robert, you. <laughs> um, what is really cool is that... Um, when I was reading this book, this has never happened to me before if with any book that I've ever read in my entire life, is that I started to have a physical reaction to it in a positive way. And it's like my shoulders started, in fact, they are now as I'm talking about it. They started warming up and the, the heat just started kind of just radiating down my back. And I thought, wow, this is really cool. So um, I, I wanted to, just to say the reason why he wrote the book is because it said that they – the book says, the book was channeled in response to your request. We have come here with this information because you have asked for it, not because we demanded it of you, but because you have required it from us in a higher level. You have said, I'm willing to grow, and I don't know how. I want to believe, but I don't see the way. So this was at the end of the book, but I just kind of wanted to bring it to the beginning of our discussion because I thought it was really kind of cool. Um, they have different chapters in the book, and I have some favorite excerpts from each of the chapters. And Jeanette, you can just stop me if you sure. need to because I'll just keep going. That's all I'm Well, done. share your thoughts. So, yeah, it's not just quotes, but we'd love to hear your take on it, what it meant to you as a conscious creator. But I, I know this book seemed very much in alignment with principles of alignment in general. So it felt like yeah. there was a lot of a lot of power I mean, here for... The thing is, is that if you laugh because I felt like I highlighted the entire book. <laughs> so there's just there's just like too much to share. But I what I loved about it is that it is it supports us as co-creators and it supports us for those of us who believe in alignment and vibration and frequency. And it what I liked about the book too is that it just gives us different words to what we already know, to what we already experience, to what we already share, you know, in GBU and to what we teach. So that's that's why I think this book just really lit me up and the book also talks about in the different chapters it talks about different things so it talks about love and it talks about trials and it talks about creation and in the beginning of the book it just talks about word and um one of I'll, I'll read a little bit here in the beginning of it, it says uh if you say to the universe i want to manifest myself as my own divine being as my christ itself as my higher self embodied However you want to decree it, you have to understand that you set in motion a process. And once this process has begun, this process continues. You may pause, you may break, 
You may wander away, you may wander back, but the evolution of your soul cannot stop itself from forward motion, and your soul already knows that this is the key to your growth. So we will say this to you, once the key is in the lock and you have said, yes, I am on this journey, then your own soul will manifest itself and the opportunities you require require to bring this growth into achievement will present themselves one day at a time. And he talks about how they, actually, word is an action. It is a frequency. It's the action of the creator. And when you bring forth a word through a patterning, you are clearing the patterning. If you change the pattern, then you have a different response and a different way of existing in the world. If you believe that things will always be the way they have been, that is what you will create. And we promise you if you set that intention now. So I like that, right? He talks about we're, mm-hmm. we're in charge. We choose. We align. We are co-creators. And it's just bringing, you know, the attention of letting us know that they're also here to support us in our journey because we're all, he talks about later in the book, that we're all heading there, all of us, you know, in one way or another. But we still choose how we want to get there. Um, So did I hear that right, Ming, when you said that um, they're basically saying the way we create is through our use of words? Yes, and through choice. I mean, they talk about, you know, the I am word, and they do these little the things that you can repeat. And you know what? That's not the part that um, that I followed. For, so I didn't even I didn't even highlight any of that part. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's none of the because I think what it is it was just uh, all the stuff that they were sharing about us choosing is the part that I really really enjoyed and about acclimating and like uh, so he they talk about manifest manifesting right? They said about manifestation is that you are the one that chooses. We're just giving you some advice. We're giving you some instruction or laying out a blueprint by which you can change your life through acclimating to the Christ energy, which is who you are in truth. But you are the one who has to choose it and anyone else that is chosen in this life, it's chosen by you no matter what you give by way of authority to another, you are the one in choice. So no one can choose for you. No one can change you. Doesn't that sound like Abraham? I mean, Abraham Mm -hmm. says that too. No one else can heal you in the beliefs that you hold. But I think that's just the first chapter. And and I, when I was reading it, I thought, well, this is freaking cool because it's just, again, saying the same thing in, in just a different way. And he goes on, um, they go on, there's a chapter on wonder and, you know, believing in miracles. And, and I like that, too. It's just in the way of tapping into, you know, what we you know, the the magic, right, or the miracles. And when we tap into that, we can create anything in our life. Um, there's a chapter well, on, yeah. Ming, I was, you know, when I first started this, I was, it took me a minute to um, get a handle on what the what the author meant by, like, Christ energy and the frequency of Christ. And there was a part very early on that said, the Christ is the seed of God within all men. And its awakening mm-hmm. at this time is the job, it is the action, it is the requirement, it is the message, and it is the truth of all men. It is what is for this time, period. And so I realized what, what's being shared here can apply to everyone regardless of what they think about Christ. Because when they describe it as the seed of God within all men, I think regardless of how we, uh, how what our relationship is with higher power, this can right. be helpful for conscious creators. But I will say for a minute, you know, the the Christ frequency, it I it took me a second to get on board with it. But once I read that, I was like, okay, I think this is for me. Yeah, there's a whole chapter on um, religion and what it is. And they mm-hmm. specifically, they really go into detail saying it is mm-hmm. your God. It is what you believe. It's not, you know, specifically Christ, but it's Christ energy the Christ consciousness, you know, so um, I don't know if you read that yet, but it's later on in the in the book. They make it really, really mm-hmm. clear so that this okay. book is can be for anyone and everyone. Okay. It's just the way it was channeled to the to Paul. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they even end the book that way. They they specifically again they say they you know that this is not just you know the Christ in the Bible or the you know what I mean. It's not Jesus. It's a, it's a whole it's a whole energy and the whole thing is that. The Christ consciousness is within us all. It's so, so basically it's source, right? Just like yes. how Abraham talked about it. That's exactly how it worked for me, right? To think of it that way. I mean, before you go on in your notes, I'm curious to how you ran across this book. Oh, I had a, um, one of my friends. She um, 
she she does readings and I, she's a new friend of mine, which I told you about her. And she said to me, she goes, this book came up for me for you. And then she told me like five times, like, if it doesn't resonate with you, you don't have to read it. You, <laughs> you, you don't have to read it. And she kept saying, I don't have to read it. Well, you know, when someone tells you that, uh, you become more and more curious, right? So I mm, I cool. looked at it on okay. Amazon and then I read the little excerpt and I said, oh, this sounds interesting because they say in the book, this is not a how-to book. This is not a book that, you know, um, you know, this isn't something because they said if you pay for something, if you're paying for a book, that means you're paying for someone to do the work within you. But this is not what this book is about. So I was that just piqued my interest. And then I as when I as I told you, when I got that physical response to a book, I thought, oh, OK, I think I need to read this book. And then I actually read this. This was another one of those books where I like sat down and I like read it like in two days. So. Oh, Right before the right before the GVU call um, a couple of days ago, I actually kind of skimmed it again so I could put notes together, and um, so okay, I, cool. They, yeah, so it's 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 a it's a cool book. Um, okay, so there's a chapter on um, recognition, and a couple of things like stood out to me that I liked. Um, I think Abraham also refers to this, right? This is the bus. You are in a frequency. You are traveling. Do you understand this? This is not a little thing. This is a huge thing because you are a part of something. You are a part of energetic movement and a creation that will have effects and, and intend to for thousands of years. We want you to envision your worth as a divine being, as a spark of light at the core of your being, a golden speck at the heart that believes that you're worthy of your journey for, to the Christ itself. And we want you to envision this gold spark alighting you as a flame. As a very small flame regarding itself beautifully, as it catches more light, you are a small fire burning in your heart. And later on in that chapter, they talk about when something no longer resonates with you at the high frequency, you will find that it falls away. It cannot be held, and it will be replaced by something that actually resonates at a frequency that it is in alignment to. This is important for you to understand because it's why suddenly the relationship that you are in may seem empty. Or while you may love the being you have chosen to stand beside, you will realize that no longer resonates with him or the job that you're in or the kitchen you stand in or the path that you have chosen for yourself out of duty and obligation and not out of wisdom and creation and joy. Right? I love that. Of course, that's, mm. that's like my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, well, I totally experienced that, you know, just when, as we go up higher in vibration, right? We either, we attract like attracts like, we become around more higher vibrating people, right? And then people that, aren't at that vibration, they fall away. I mean, that, that makes total sense. Um, then there's a chapter on love and understanding. They talk about how our energy feels like a tuning fork. So whatever we attune that frequency to, then we bring that in. So they talk about how we can bring in the love. And um, they said, when you claim that you are the word, then you identify with the aspect of the self that you are truly, eternally, and only you can know this. When you operate from this knowing, you begin to achieve something that we are working with you each, and that is a claim to your persona as a vested being in the light. When we say this, we actually mean that your identification beyond personality comes to the forefront so that you can serve as you would a teacher or a light, and you can act in response to this energy as a willing emissary. This means finally that you cannot be passive once you are in this frequency. It's not about sitting in your apartment identifying as a light. That's comfortable, don't you think? But ultimately, the light does what it needs to do to serve the source of the great light. However, the uniqueness that is you that creates itself through you in the Christ wants to be magnified through the gifts that you have inherited or you have come to or you have gained through your practice of existing in human consciousness. So if you're a painter, paint away. Enjoy yourself. But you will be doing this as this energy. And if you are a singer, you will sing. And and if you are taking out the garbage for a living, that will be your joy if that gives you the sense of truth that your work is right for who and what you are. I love that, you know, because it just, it just encompasses everybody right on the planet. It doesn't matter, you know, what we are here to do. We all have, have our gifts. And um, I just thought it was really cool because we, it, it's like they support whatever it is that you're doing. So when you're in your knowing, they said, you then you're not afraid. You know it. You know the truth and there's no fear in that kind of truth. You will feel this in your heart. When you are in your knowing, you understand that you are safe. And the actions that you take from this place or knowing will bring you benefit. 
then there's a whole chapter on trials, which is good. It talks about, you know, why you go through them and what they are and, you know, um, and it's good too. Um, just, and they said, you know, understand that your choice is in alignment with the higher frequency and you are in your knowing so that then when you are in that knowing, you don't act on fear and then your choices become very different. Then you don't need to act on a basis of approval seeking anymore. See what I just watched a Abraham video on that. You, you change the motivations that informed you and this is an uncomfortable process, but it is your change. Um, then the next two chapters are on love and creation. Um, they talk about time. Of course, I, you know, me and my fascination of time. So your experience of time can change today only in that you can realize that it is a limitation and nothing more. When you ascribe to the belief that you are free of time in a real way, you align to the next level of frequency. And the reason of this fact is, simply put, you have limitlessness at your fingertips and you decide quite simply, that this is accessible to you, and suddenly you can begin to experience anew. I like that, too. Um, let's see. There's, an, and there's a whole chapter on boulders, and it's funny because it's a very oh. significant cha- chapter, yes. but I, did, I, I figured Dana might want to share, because I think boulders was um, – I'll let you share, Dana, because I figured you could – I know you like that chapter a lot. Dana's here. Hey, Dana. Hey, you ready for me to go now, Ming? Yeah. Yeah, yeah just share the part well, on boulders. I'm, yeah. I'm scrolling through the book trying to find it because I got about 90% done and didn't finish, even though it was my intention. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, boulders. Okay, so boulders, I just went through, like, a really big uh, fear thing. And <laughs> it, the boulder is whatever is in the room. Like, literally, you can't get over it, around it, past it, until you notice the boulder in the room. And for me, it was fear. And mm-hmm. I think specifically, Ming, am I right that that was the boulder he addressed mostly? Right. Was fear, or they, <laughs> they right. being a group of unconscious or or non-physical beings. But um, yeah, the boulder thing was like, for me, it was like Ming's um, blog that she did about the mud room, how we don't let that stuff in. But the illustration of it actually being in my house, I can physically see this boulder in my living room. Like I was like blown away by that analogy because it was just very powerful for me to take the feeling of fear that I had been experiencing, but not, I didn't have the awareness of it until it was lifted due to some circumstances. And then I realized how big that boulder was. And just how big that boulder was affecting me on a daily basis. So he talks about the boulder. I'm trying to scroll through my Kindle here to get to the the boulder piece. But um, I think the thing I liked about just in general about the book, well, first of all, because I grew up, quote, a Christian, um, the Christ energy really resonated with me because I never did believe that, you know, like that was the way to heaven or anything. I mean, maybe early on I did, but I always felt that there was way more to it. And I always resonated with the energy of what people would call Jesus Christ or what he did while he was here on earth. And again, what he can continue to do from the other side as we engage with him, like I do with Reiki and so forth. But I think the thing that I loved about this book, just to start off, was that it's what Ming said. It's not just a book. And they go on to explain that if you're willing to go on this journey, when you start this journey, and they liken it to getting on like a steamboat. When you get off, get on the boat in one country and then you travel across the ocean, when you get to their side, you're not in the same place and you're not the same person. And that's the way they talk about this book. It's like this is a, a frequency that they're showing you how to adapt to. And you will physically change by the interaction of these non-physical beings that are being channeled through Paul mm-hmm. um, by reading the book. It's like it's very participatory, even if you don't feel like it is. When I'm reading it, well, I cried. I had energy <laughs> movement through my body as well. Um, and I don't cry at a lot of books. I mean, I'm very emotional, but it, it not this kind of a book. Like, this is to me like a study guide, so almost like you'd read an Abraham book or something. But it was way more than that for me. And I'm not done, and I'm anxious to finish and then actually go back through and kind of re-review everything. But you're just basically talking about once they once he says in the beginning, getting religion out of the way, 
we're just talking about the that Christ energy or that Christ frequency that lives in all of us. Mm-hmm. And I like how you mm-hmm. reiterated the seed piece of it, Ming. Um, mm-hmm. That it all is in us, whether we're aware of it or not. And this book gives us an opportunity to activate that. And talks in the love chapter, which is what I think I'm finishing up or just about ready to finish up. It talks about really looking at somebody who's that you love in your mind's eye and then, you know, wrapping them with this Christ consciousness and love. And then the real test is picturing someone that's just a big booger in your life, you know, Mm -hmm. and then seeing them and then being able to surround them with that word. I am word as these statements they have, but this Christ energy. And then they say, once you master that, once you can see your enemy or your foe or someone who's really challenging in that light, life is a piece of cake. Like everything gets easy. And I thought, well, that's interesting because I got a few of those, right? I can, I can play with that one. So that's right where I'm at right now. But 88, awesome. 90% of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So good. So the, I got a couple more things to share. And then the next chapter after that is um, navigation. And what I loved in that chapter is that it says when a world decides in consciousness and agreement, then it can go up in a level of vibration. Up a level means a higher consciousness, meaning the whole mm-hmm. planet must change to accommodate the shift. Because as you know, thought mm-hmm. creates, impacts, and finalizes the physical realm. You cannot make something without thinking about it first. And then when everybody is thinking the same thought, matter changes. Remember, Jeanette, on Easter when I sent you that thing about the Christ consciousness, how everybody was thinking the same thing, and it's like, the Schumann resonance thing went mm. flying high, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So that re- that reminded me of that, you know, because we're if everybody's in, you know creating this thought, it's all gonna we're all up up leveling it. Um, then he, they say now once you understand that your choice right now is to embark on this consciousness shift with a decision, your life actually gets easier. Everybody's going through this shift. We can tell you that. When we said fast track, we didn't mean fast track only for those of you who were special or privileged or thoughtful enough to buy this book. No, that would be ridiculous <laughs> to have consciously available only to the few of you who put down the money and sat on a bench and did this reading. No, that's anti-ethical to our purpose. So then they say a domino effect of resonance is where one person says, it is possible for me to lift my frequency and to exist at this level. And the person next to her says, oh, really? I'm starting to vibrate, too. I wonder why. Now this is done without work. This is done in recognition of the frequency. If you have one high frequency and you place it next to one that is lower, the lower frequency then sees it that could go higher and attempts to resonate with the higher, and that is what is actually happening here. We're resonating at a high frequency. We're bringing this frequency to you and saying, yes, you can have it. It's here if you want. Come on board. The view which much nicer from up here. So each time you progress in the higher frequency, you retain the information and the consciousness that you have come to. Everybody, this is true. You don't lose your learning. It stays with you, and your abilities will be transformed by that understanding. And then lastly, I just have one last thing. At the end of the book, they quote the, you know, the be still and know that I am God, right? That's all over the place. Everybody, lots of people quote that. But I love what they said it means. This means to move into your heart and receive the blessing of the Christ at an energetic level, at a level of frequency. We bring your heart now to light and we align to the flame within you. And that flame is the Christ in manifestation in the heart of man. So that was, that's it in a nutshell. But there's, there's just tons more. I mean, you know, I could talk the whole hour. So. Well, I know, I am, I'm very interested because I know this one really lit you up and I can understand why. Um, so is, am I right in that the gist of it is that the, the, this is all about intention, that there isn't anything we have to do. It's just by mm-hmm. agreeing or intending, then mm-hmm. the work is underway. Right. 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 It's, it's exactly that. It's just, that's why I love it because they say you have the choice. You're going anyway. We're all going, you know, We're, but they said the book could be a fast, the one they call it the fast track. That's what they're saying that. You know, the book is, is just helping you along because it's actually, a, you know, opening you up. It's healing you and it's moving you through. Like Dana was saying, it's like a, a journey when you read it. And different parts of it will hit you depending on where you are in your journey. So, you know, um, hmm. which is which I really liked. And it's, it doesn't, it's a very supportive, loving 
book. You feel like when you when you read mm-hmm. it, you feel like you're mm-hmm. being supported by these, yes. you know, conscious, you know, non-physical beings. These ascended masters. Is, in one part, they said ascended masters, which is interesting because they often say Jesus Christ is an ascended master. So if he's, you know, channeling them with whoever it is, <laughs> you know, or Buddha, right? They're all ascended masters or, you know, Gandhi, you know, all of them. So it could be who knows who they are, but they're they're very very loving and supportive, and um, that's what I really liked about it. I think, from what I understand, Paul has some other books too. I'm not sure, but I was going to ask if you had read them and if they were also channeled. I haven't I haven't looked them up, um, but I I know there's some other, and I heard he's going to be in Washington at the end of August. So mm. Paul Selleck is. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> and my friend's going, so I think it's going to be interesting to hear. Um, uh, Jamie Lee's got a question in uh chat room, Ming. And maybe while you're reading uh, that, Dana, I just wanted to hear your final thoughts, too. So it sounds like I heard you agreeing with Ming about how supported you felt as you, re- as you were reading. Yes. I mean, that's interesting that she would say that because I felt that deeply. And I think that's why I was moved to tears a few times. Wow. I feel like there's, I actually feel like when I'm reading the book, it's like a living book. It, it, it mm-hmm. has, it's a, it has a frequency of its own. And that's what they say. They say, mm-hmm. if you open yourself up to it, you'll feel this. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's very powerful for me personally. I know everybody's different, but for me, it was, it was, it is, and it will be continue, continue to be a book that I'll probably buy hard copy. Um, because I, I like electronic books, but a hard copy is like, you know, that's the cat's meow for me. I got to have that book, you know. But I'm surprised we haven't heard about this before because I know it's been out for, I don't know, not quite 10 years, but for a while, right? It mm-hmm. wasn't new. Yeah, so it's wondered. not a brand new book. I thought for sure you had heard of it. You know, usually when I send you a book, Nancy will say, yeah, I mean, we did a book review on this in 19. <laughs> I, I thought for sure you guys had heard of it. I just couldn't believe it. I'm glad it. I was you like... brought it to us. So the question, Jamie's question in chat, Ming, what do you think? Yeah, I said yes. She said what? As more people resonate more in the vortex, other people will be attracted to their own, right? Yeah, right. I, I totally agree. Yeah, she says even if this is not their kind of conversation. Right. Right. Because like I said, the book is just words to saying the same thing, That's, which is why I, I thought of Abraham so many times when I thought of things mm-hmm. that, you know, we've all taught other people or we've shared. It's just it's, it's just more words. It's more words to saying the same thing, which is why I thought it was so awesome because it's, it's nice to read a book. Like, um, what's that book? I just, you guys did a book review, um, The Badass Book, right? Mm-hmm. I finally read it. I know you guys did a book review years ago. So I finally read it, but it was saying the exact – and I sent you an email, Jeanette, because I was, like, I was so excited <laughs> because, again, she's saying the same thing, just using some square words, but she's saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. So – that's what's kind of cool is when you read something and then you're like, oh, man, this is cool. They're saying the same thing. We're saying the same. So that's why I enjoyed it. It was just said differently. So, okay, so to sum up, it sounds like it's it's not like a to-do or self-help sort of book. It's more of a download. It's more of an invitation to receive something that we're going to get anyway, but uh, or we're going to get there anyway, but um, like an experience more than a in, tutorial on how to engage your Christhood power. Right, right. Because they said at the end of the book, like I started in the beginning, is that you re- you requested this book. This is why mm-hmm. we came here, because you, you're asking, you as a collective people, right? You're mm-hmm. asking, you want to grow, but you don't know how. So here we are. We're helping you. We're going to assist mm-hmm. you in this. So um, I think that's but yeah, I think you know, even if you Jeanette, because you have the book, if you just like wanted to read the chapter on you know love or trials mm-hmm. or you know whatever, you could it could stand in its own. Yes, I, I agree with that. Yeah, you don't have to yeah. read the entire thing to get. I think that's mm-hmm. why the part, the whole prayer part, didn't didn't, didn't really resonate with me. I mean, I didn't I didn't feel like I needed to do that those well, you know, mean exercises, but I didn't feel like I needed to read those and repeat them. I just skimmed that, and I would just read the, 
I would read the paragraphs on what they were sharing because that's the part that would speak to me. So. Okay. Right on. Well, it definitely feels like one. I, I know you liked it, Ming, but to hear you talk about it really just reinforces this one is worth investing in. So thank you, Ming and Dana, for sharing. Any final thoughts on it? Mm, nope. I think I've said enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'll just I'll just comment about the boulder. I finally found something that I highlighted. It says, mm. and of course it's talking about the elephant in the room. And they said they prefer the boulder because the boulder is big and it sits there. And you actually create a whole life around this boulder. She says you move furniture around it. You sit behind it. You blo- it blocks things, and you take it for granted that the boulder is there and it will stay there. And your whole life has been supported by its presence. And then they say mm-hmm. we will tell you this: when that boulder is out of the room there is a whole lot more light available to you. There is a whole lot more energy, and there is a whole lot more of you that can be expressed as your divine self in action. So, I I mean, it's Dana. Yeah, the whole whole book, I think, would steer people away just because a lot of LOA-savvy people, a lot of what we would call maybe new age, alternative metaphysical, a lot of people are like, oh, no, I don't want to go backwards. That sounds backwards. But this is not about religion Mm -hmm. at all. It's about that frequency, and it's about energy. It's extremely metaphysical um, and spiritual. So I would say as a former, you know, very fundamental Christian who did missionary work in high school, (laughs) Mm -hmm. this book can be taken by anybody and read uh, without feeling the blocks because once you understand what he's sharing or they're sharing, um, it takes it to a whole other level. So, and it is so cool. If for anyone who's getting hung up on to anyone get hung up on the Christ word, I would encourage you not to. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that yeah. tip. I think that's important to hear. And I just want to say how refreshing it is for us to be reviewing a book that's getting such strong thumbs up. I love it. <laughs> Something to get excited about. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right, so I'll just share briefly on two books I've had that I have finished reading. One is, neither are LOA books. One is This is Where You Belong, The Art and Science of Loving the Place You Live by Melody Warnick. Mm. I bought it last year when I was moving. I think I might have bought it right after I moved and um, was still looking for some support around making my new home a home. Mm. And I didn't I didn't read very far before I realized I don't need as much support with that as I thought I did, but I wanted to finish it anyway because I, I just love the way she structured the book and the subject of it. But the reason I'm sharing about it on the call is because the heart and soul of her whole approach to she's – a, she's a woman who moves a lot. She, she, she puts people in two categories, movers and stayers. <laughs> and she said those of us who move, we, we have to learn how to – in a new place and how to love where we live and this is her tutorial and she's got 10 steps to do it but it's all centered around the idea of act like someone who loves where she lives if you just if you just if whatever whenever you're faced with a question just ask what would someone who loves where she lives do so whenever she got an invitation to you know go to an event or participate in a in a parade or a fundraiser or any sort of community thing, or, you know, the neighborhood potluck, she would just ask herself, what would someone who loves where she lives do? And through the process of doing that, that's where she came up with with the structure of her book. Anyway, I, I did really enjoy that one, um, but it's certainly not got, like, strong manifesting messages in it. The other one I picked up recently was The One Thing by Gary Keller, The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results. It appeals to me because the idea of simplifying and that it isn't so much what more to do as much as it is what to stop doing in order for our highest expression of our lives to unfold really appeals to me. And this book seemed like it spoke to it powerfully, which it did. It was not LOA friendly. It did. There was some filtering in there. He did use the word perspiration at some point, but most of it was it was pretty easy to pull out aspects that could support not just manifesting the lives that we want, but our manifesting practice as well. Um, I do have a variety of things bookmarked. I don't know how much of it really would be helpful to share here. Um, But just to give people a sense for the book, I'll say, oh, so his big question, which I didn't love, I'm just really thinking this needs to be a different, the question for me 
wants to be reformatted, is what's the one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? He says he came to that question by uh, working with, he ran a company and he had managers that he was managing. And he, as he they would report in with him, he would sum up their meeting. He's also a coach and a teacher. He would sum up their meeting by saying, okay, so here's your action steps. Here's what you're going to work on. And then he'd talk with them a week or two later and like they didn't get anything done. So then he started saying, in an effort to help them succeed, I started shortening my list. If you do just three things this week, and then it became, if you could ju do just two things this week, still not happening. Finally, out of desperation, I went as small as I could possibly go and asked, what's the one thing you can do this week such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? And he writes, and then the most awesome thing happened. Results went through the roof. <laughs> and he said, in looking back on his own experiences, he realized this is what worked really well for him as well. He says, going small is ignoring all the things you could do and doing what you should do. It's recognizing that not all things matter equally and finding the things that matter most. It's a tighter way to connect what you do with what you want, and it's realizing that extraordinary results are directly determined by how narrow you make your focus. You know, focus is a big keyword for those of us in this work as well. And that, oh, he, 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 he spends a couple chapters busting myths about, oh, I think he's got five of them. Let me just turn to the index. Oh, he says the lies. The first one, that everything matters equally, it doesn't. Another lie, that we can multitask, we can't, and it it has a high cost. Uh, the other lie is that you need to be disciplined in order to engage life this way. says so discipline is not a reliable plan, and neither is willpower. That's another chapter, and then he he debunks the myth of a balanced life. And oh yeah, and then he has one on how some people they they get they shrink a little when they when they start thinking big, it it messes them up a little bit, and so he does some reworking around that. And then the second part of the book is all about using the focusing question to create success habits to put you on the path to great answers. And the third part is on unlocking the possibilities within. He talks about living with purpose and living by priority and living productively and uh, and then what gets in the way of our doing what works. In fact, I kind of like the way he actually structured the book. The back cover, he said we designed it as a trigger to help you remember to practice this. And it's just a big question mark that at the very bottom, the point of the question mark says, what's your one thing? He invites you to put keep this book turned face down to remind you to stay focused on your one thing. And then the book flap, or, or there's an, an insert right in <laughs> that's designed to be something you put on your door to protect your time. He talks about time blocking so that you give attention to the one thing that you identify as that's going to line you up most with what you want to create in your life. So I did like that. Um, Nancy, the multitasking thing, he says, like juggling, he says it might seem like you're juggling three balls at a time, but you're not. You're catching one and tossing it, and then catching another one and tossing it, and catching another one and to tossing it. He talks about how the word, uh, it, it, it became popular w with the advent of computers, where it seemed like computers were doing multiple things at once, but they're not. They're only doing one thing at a time, and the same is true for us. And if we try to do more than one thing at a time, we do both of them poorly. He gives the example of how when when you're driving, oh, it was like if you're walking and talking to someone, you could do that pretty easily. But if you're if you're talking to someone about how to land a 747, you stop walking so you can concentrate on that conversation just like when or when, or anything that's important. It's like when we're driving and we have to focus, we turn down the music. Or when you're talking with someone and you're driving and you miss your exit, it's uh, it's a myth about multitasking, and he's got a lot of research to support it. I personally, I think that it resonated with me anyway about the value of focusing, just because we know that 
what we focus on is what we're creating. So learning, and that's how I can use this, the concept shared in this book as a conscious creator. It isn't so much creating an action plan about what to do in order to get there. That This book did seem to have a strong orientation around figuring it out your own self. Didn't have a lot of instruction around, you know, calling in higher guidance or listening to intuition or letting the answers come to you. It did seem more of a, you know, nail mm -hmm. it down and figure out yourself and then go for it. But the overall <laughs> concept of, you know, focus on what matters, that one felt like it could be really, really beneficial to me personally. So I'm a I'm a thumbs up on it, even though I did do a fair amount of skipping around stuff that felt like it was really written for avid muggles. <laughs> and Nancy, I say muggles with a capital M. I love that she shared that. Dude, I have, she, she wrote in chat room because I have the highest respect for them. So I use a capital M when I say muggles. <laughs> That's funny. So who else has got something to share about that they'd like the rest of us to know? Or giving us a tip on what to skip? Oh, hello, everybody. This is Veronica. How are y'all? Oh, Veronica, nice to hear you. Hi, you too, Jeanette. Okay, I just got jumped on a little bit late, but I'm hearing some really cool stuff. So awesome, awesome. Um, and, and yeah, I had done the one thing, you know, some of that work. And yeah, there's some jewels in there. It's, it's been super useful for me because my list can get extremely long. And it gets so just cherry picking one thing. Um, okay, so I had mentioned, um, I think on a call once before, a course of love. It's such a, it's a follow-up to a course in miracles, and there's so much in there that you know, oh my gosh, like where do you even begin? But I had turned to it again this week, and there was some, there was something that just jumped out, like it just kind of opened to that chapter, and I went, oh, never really heard this one, and hmm. now I'm getting it. So um, basically, a course of love is, in its essence, talks about how. Everything is relationship, period, and how you manage that relationship to this Maya or this reality of illusion, and that ego is the uh, is the maintainer of illusion. So that's the purpose of ego is to keeping you know is to keep us believing this stuff is real, and it likes to tell a whole bunch of lies, and we're very you know um, pulled into those quite often, and, and how to. So its instruction is how to uh, loosen that up and let go of it. So there's a particular chapter on uh, in the book called, uh, it's chapter six, it's called The Desire for Reward. And where the discussion in the book focuses mostly or to a great extent on ego, and that's the mind, this particular chapter hones in on what the illusion or the maya is of the heart. And it explains that the illusion of the heart is bitterness, and that comes out of an expectation or a desire for personal reward for our actions. <clears throat> and so the the connection to the you know the law of attraction and how letting go of conditions uh, that parallel you know isn't too much of a jump from from how I see it. Um, the way that the book, A Course of Love, uh, I just have a couple things underlined to share. Sure. Um, it says, no matter who it is you think is in charge of rewarding you, the attitude that causes you to desire a reward is what must be done without. So in particular in relationships with another so, for example, I had a long marriage where a ton was invested and, you know, there was some really crappy, 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 crappy treatment there. And um, and coming out of it, um, I'm, on the one hand, super grateful to be out of it. On the other hand, you know, there were some resources that were um, misused and there was a lot of investment that, you know, I didn't recoup. And so it could be easy as I'm launching a new business to tell a story about, Boy, I sure would love the support that I gave to him when he was launching his business. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just talking about conversations mm -hmm. that, you know, can happen in my world. So that wisdom about 
bitterness um, being the heart's expectation or the illusion of having reward based on doing things a certain way and then getting a certain return was super useful for me mm. to see that and timely. Mm. Um, it also states that bitterness and the idea of vengeance go hand in hand. This is the idea of an eye for an eye or the exact opposite of the idea of turning the other cheek. Hmm. So, um, so when, when I had gotten on to this call, it was the end of a conversation about a book that had the mention of Christianity. And so this, this is, you know, in that, in that arena, but there's, there is an expression about turning the other cheek that I think is often, um, misunderstood as you know like well let them slap you again and no that's that's not the intention of that mm -hmm. instruction it is to turn your perspective like you're looking in one direction and you're saying all for example law of attraction all the conditions that really suck turn your perspective elsewhere because that's there's cool. right to elevate your vibration that gave me goosebumps <clears throat> awesome <laughs> So, anyway, that is, um, let's see if there's anything else for, let's see, which I've already, uh, da, 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 da. I think that's the majority of it. it um, so, you, also, have you finished yeah. this book, Veronica, or are you still reading it? Oh, my God, it is huge. It is oh. like, I mean, I'm always just returning to it as a reference book. Um, at one point, I had met with a group weekly, um, at an, um, oh, it's here in Dallas called Cathedral of Light, but the outside of the building says teaching only love. So that kind of tells you how cool these people are. <laughs> but we, <laughs> teaching only love. So if you're looking for anything else, you're not in the right place. Um, mm. And uh, we had gone through some of this weekly, um, but it's so big, I didn't get to complete the whole thing. So, um, yeah, it's, it There's sounds like a valuable one to have at your fingertips, you know, to let uh, in intuition open you to something that would that would be helpful. Hmm. Totally, and that's what happened with this chapter is literally when I was pondering a subject, it just opened to that, and it was perfection. Yeah, this book, I think, is how many pages long? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm trying to find the end. There's an index, but I don't know, seven, eight hundred, eight hundred oh. pages. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Is this yeah. by, is it Marie or Mary Perrin? Is that the author's name? Uh, yes, that is correct. Marie okay. Perrin, or I think Perrin, okay. first, so first receiver. So what that means is that, you know, she had, just like Course in Miracles, some of you may know, is um, actually mm -hmm. was given uh, through the instruction of channeling. So same here. Right on. Well, that sounds like a good tip. All right. And not one, not one that we should expect to read in full by our next book review. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't the intention. <laughs> right on, my sir. Jane Lee, were you going to chime in with something? I do have something to add. Um, I'm not prepared like all of you guys. I didn't even know I was going to be on the call. <laughs> but I did recently read a book that just made me very happy and anyone I've shared it with it's made them happy too so I feel like everyone needs that lately mm, yes. <laughs> it's called the Dalai Lama's Pact and there's three of them the second one is the art of spring and the third one is the power of meow um, so if the titles don't kind of give you an idea it's an adorable book <laughs> um, but basically if anyone's read the the Tao of Pooh it's kind of like that, but for Buddhism, it's a book completely written from the point of view of a cat who is the Dalai Lama's cat, and it's kind of explaining Buddhism in this cat-like way that's a just, I don't know, easy reading and fun. Yay, for something mm. fun. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not a cat person, and I really like it. <laughs> so that says something, too. I'm I'm reading the summary on Amazon right now. It looks really cute. So is there is there any particular nugget that stands out that you enjoyed? Um, well, it's 
you know, it's not really uh, law of attraction, but it is. Like you're reading it and you can totally see, like there's one point where they're talking about yoga and how um, it's all about energy and intent and, you know, what you're focused on. And like, aha, I know what you're talking about. Um, mm. <laughs> so, um, um, uh, yeah, there's, I, as I said, I'm not prepared. If I was, I would totally tell you all the amazing parts because they're hilarious. It's just so many good spots and everyone's just going to have to read it for themselves and then, like, come back with their nuggets. <laughs> right on. All right, well, I'm putting it in my cart now. Um, Jane Lee, had you made a book, rec- maybe you didn't recommend it, but you mentioned a book in the forums a while ago that we ended up reviewing later. Does this sound familiar to you at all? No. <laughs> the Art of Leaving Your... Ming, who 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 recommended that? The Art of I don't Leaving know, but I read it. It was all great. All over the place. <laughs> I loved that. I was, was wondering... In the book? I feel like it was... Nancy or Ming will remember it. Art of leaving your shit all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great book. Oh, Thank you know hilarious. what? I I saw that on Facebook and it cracked me up. And I posted it on Facebook because I thought it, I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but I oh, don't remember. It was great. Yeah, I I I didn't read it. Did you read it? Oh, we read it we, and reviewed it. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. We I know yeah. we. We mentioned it anyway in a review. We loved it. I was just wondering if Jamie Lee had a thing for irreverent books, because for some reason I was thinking we got that tip from her. But okay, you know that that totally fits my personality. But no, in this case, it was not me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go search the forums right now so I can give proper credit to whoever gave us that gem. Um, who else has got something to share about? Whether it's a book or a movie or an interview, a video series. I saw this is Nancy. I saw something this past week that I didn't expect to enjoy as much as I did, but it was a BBC series. And in fact, Guillaume may have he may have seen it when it was on TV back in, in 2011, 2012. But it was about um, the history of relationships, and it was all about the social and moral norms and things that have created what was quote unquote acceptable. In relationships, um, starting they started back in like the 1500s and moved forward to the present, and there were three separate uh, one, three separate episodes. And I was surprised by how interesting it was. Some of the things I, you know, I obviously knew, like you know, in the 1500s, women, you know, they had nothing if they weren't married, and they had to be married to own land or even you know, and they couldn't own the land. It was our husband that owned the land. And if they had children, it would be a male that would get, you know, the inheritance. But what was interesting to me were the the outliers, the people who created the shifts that caused things to go from how it was to something new and something different. Hmm. And to me, as you know, just being who I am, as I'm listening, I can hear and feel and sense a lot of law of attraction going on in there. You know, people unhappy with the contrast and deciding they want it to be different, but they also, you know, want to live. (laughs) So they're finding very interesting ways to, you know, and in many cases, the change was created by things like literature or plays, or, you know, as time went on, movies. movies. So, like, for instance, in the 1500s, um, there was a, a really popular series in the newspapers where they would print letters from, you know, experts to various people. And so this this printer thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to publish a book to a fictitious daughter giving her advice on how to navigate this world. And his book was so revolutionary that it literally shifted the consciousness of everybody who, you know, yeah, it was, it's very cool. I didn't expect to enjoy the series as much as I did. I'll have to go find the, um, the links for it, but the gal, um, she's well known for, She's like a historian, and she goes into history of all kinds of things, like history of the royals and history of, you know, 
landmarks and she goes into all different kinds of Lucy Worley I think is her name she's a blonde and um, anyway I, I I found it really really interesting when I got done with the first one I couldn't wait to watch the second one couldn't wait to watch the third one and kind of see how there were these these people every once in a while who would just say this is not right and let's change it and they changed it in a way that was very peaceful and very easy um you know in retrospect looking back that a lot of it right now you know, yeah a lot of it was through um uh literature and you know back in the 1500s 1600s 1700s but as time went on there were other things that that shifted it as well well you know so, of course i'm thinking about how the movies that address the existence of aliens is part of how people on Earth are being conditioned to um, accept the idea or get on board with the possibility anyway, so that it isn't such a shock when it happens. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, like that. What was that? Wasn't it called Paul? Wasn't that the name of the movie? Paul. Uh, and it was. And it was that those yes, it was aliens. Paul. That those alien seekers out in Nevada, they went to Area 51 and they end up actually, you know, seeing Paul, who's this yes, alien. Yes, that's and, right. And it was hilarious. It and was he ends hilarious. up And he ends up helping, he heals a girl who's blind and he ends up helping, you know, these two guys find, you know, what they're looking for. And at one point, um, there was he picked up a dead bird by the side of the road. The yeah. alien did, and he brought it back to life. And they were like, "Oh, isn't it wonderful?" And then he promptly ate it. Ate it. Oh. And he said, "Why did you do that?" And he said, "I wouldn't eat anything that was dead. Who would eat a dead bird?" <laughs> anyway, it was a funny movie, and I kept and you and I've talked about it, Jeanette. That it's one way to get people laughing about aliens instead of shooting them. And trying yeah. to kill them, which is what most of our, <laughs> which most of our alien movies are about. <laughs> but yeah, Paul is hilarious, and I have to I laugh because my son's name is Paul, so and he and I watched it together. We laughed. Has anyone funny. seen a good movie lately? A new one? Went to the theater looking for something fabulous and. I watched Baby Driver because it got great reviews, and boy, I wouldn't—I w- I didn't hate it, but I would not recommend it. I don't even know what that's about, Jeanette. Don't. I've never, don't even. I haven't heard. Just, I haven't heard about it. I've yeah, okay. never heard of it. <laughs> if you—if you like fast cars and car chases, and in fact, that in the reviews that I read, they were really admiring that there was no CGI in the movie. It was done with in daylight, and there was a lot of respect among car buffs about how well done it was from that perspective. But for plot lines, oh, my word, it was terrible. If you like fast cars and car chases, by all means, you will love that show. Oh, thanks for telling me, Jeanette, because I was going to go see that with my boyfriend, and I do not want to see that now. (laughs) Well, you might have to. Your boyfriend might like it enough that you could do but at least you'll know what you're in for, so you can take some good snacks or something to appreciate (laughs) it. Headphones. <laughs> I think there was a there was one other one I was thinking of going to instead, and I didn't. I can't remember what it was now. My my mom and the and her the grandkids loved Spider Man Guillaume, and um, yeah, I don't think I need to see it in theater. I could probably wait for that to be on a movie unless I get in a superhero move mood. Me going to a movie, though, is kind of a mission. It's leaving the dogs for a while. It's kind of a long drive to a movie theater. Oh, Dunkirk, that was it. Oh, yeah, that was it. It also got great reviews. But I, oh, in fact, I was trying to see it, but I got the movie times wrong. Anyway, okay. I'm not being helpful. It was Danielle who posted about, and it's The Joy of Leaving Your Shit All Over the Place by Jennifer McCartney. And Danielle had written, this was this was in February, she said, "Everyone, everybody stop what you're doing right now and go pick up a copy. <laughs> I'm just dying of laughter while reading it. I laughed even at the title of it, so I knew she was right that it, there would be good laughs from it. And indeed, both Ming and I found it was very hilarious. Mm-hmm. Can you give us like a brief synopsis? 
because I didn't making hear that fun book. of every feng shui book ever written, especially Marie Kondo's, <laughs> and um, like decluttering. It's just it's very it's irreverent is the key word I would think of it, and so contrary. And I love anything that goes against the grain of what everyone else is telling us to do, which is why I love the one thing you know when so much of the advice and coaching that business owners especially get, but even people in regular life, is you've got to get a handle on this. You've got to, to, it was the opposite of so much of what we're told. I really like anything that's that contrarian. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> when I worked at Fidelity, my favorite fund was the Contra Fund because the investment <laughs> philosophy of the fund managers was basically put your money wherever everyone else isn't putting it. <laughs> <laughs> and it did really well for a number of years. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I don't know what we're reading next month. I'm probably going to be playing with a couple of the books that we're, you guys shared here, so thanks for bringing those up today. If anyone finds something fabulous for us to read, post in the forum so we can uh, get a chance to look at it in advance of our next LOA resource report next month. Mm-hmm. I intend to have something much more LOA-oriented when we meet up next. But, um, yeah, anything that we have fun with is worth knowing about. So thanks, everyone, for joining us for our conversation today, and we'll see you in the forums. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone. Take care. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.